Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. They're a week away from training camp, and they had a big country music concert down at Brown Stadium. And Jennifer Nettles, the singer for Sugarland, is wrapping up her, her encore number. And the crowd's going crazy. And Kenny Chesney is the main act, and he's coming out next. So the crowd is really rubbed up. And all of a sudden, she goes, I'm going to sing one more number for you. It's so great to be here in Cleveland and at Cleveland Brown Stadium. Now, Charlie Fry is sitting right about two rows over from me. Okay, we're down in the field level. She goes, hang on just a second. And she runs over behind a curtain and comes out the other side of it wearing a Brady Quinn jersey. <laughs> and I look at Charlie Fry's face and go, oh, my God. And he is just looking like, wow, this guy hasn't even taken a snap. It was 2007, and the Browns somehow hadn't picked a first-round quarterback since Tim Couch. As fans, we were exhausted by stopgaps like Fry, Detmer, Garcia, and Dilfer. Add to all of that, Brady Quinn had been born in Columbus, Ohio, went to school just down the road at Notre Dame, and he grew up a Browns fan. What were we waiting for? Brady Quinn looking, pump fakes, he rolls to the near side, throws it, it's caught by Samarja, inside the 20, inside the 10, he's going in, Notre Dame has scored with 27 seconds left, Brady Quinn does it again. Seriously, what were we waiting for? In my bedroom when I was young, I had this sign that said on the scoreboard, Browns welcome Brady Quinn. No, seriously, what were we waiting for? After waiting over four hours... 10 minutes in the green room. Brady Quinn is about to come out on the stage and grab the jersey of his home state team. Come on out of the green room and put your draft hat on. We're going to Brownstown. There really aren't that many tourist destinations in Cleveland, no matter what early YouTube videos say. Come on down to Cleveland town, everyone. Come and look at both of our buildings. In 2007, that didn't stop Browns GM Phil Savage from trying to turn the Cleveland Browns into a hotspot for NFL free agents. Well, at least those who grew up in Ohio. One of the things that I think we really tried to do and establish was that we wanted to become a destination, particularly for players that were from the Northeast Ohio area. Little Charles Bentley signing. When you look at bringing Joe Juravicious to Cleveland. Those were a couple of significant 
guys that had backgrounds in that area and really wanted to come play for the Browns. And I always made the comment that, look, we don't have the reputation across the league and with the agents that we're going to be able to lowball anybody. We are going to have to overpay to get free agents to come here and also put the twinkly lights out as well. I mean, we've got to make this like a really inviting place to entice players to come here. And hey, he tried and he overpaid, but Savage also did make the team better. He signed running back Jamal Lewis from the Ravens, guard Eric Steinbach from the Bengals, and defensive end Robert Smith out of Tennessee. He had Braylon Edwards entering his sophomore season and Kellen Winslow was healthy for the first time in his career. Sure, we were coming off a 4-12 season, but Savage finally had a solid roster with real NFL talent. We were only missing one thing. I can vividly remember in that 07 spring, you know, we're watching Charlie, we're watching DA, like, run the bags and go through their quarterback drills during the offseason program. And, like, we really need to add a quarterback to the mix. And, of course, we were picking high again. We were top three pick. We met about two weeks prior to the draft. And it was a Sunday afternoon, and I watched Joe Thomas one more time. And I'm like, you know, at three, I think Joe's the most solid pick for us. And that's what we did. We didn't go quarterback in the first round. We went less sexy. We went lineman. With the third pick in the 2007 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select left tackle Joe Thomas, Wisconsin. Now, don't get me wrong. Joe Thomas ended up being a great pick at three. Right, Jim? He was an Iron Man. He was, he was the NFL version of Lou Gehrig and Cal Ripken. I mean, this guy was a fixture. You never even had to look. You knew 73 was out there on the left side of the Browns offensive line and had manned that spot so well. That was the hard part about being a Browns fan is that you want to have the quarterback or a running back or a wide receiver or a pass rusher as your hero. We had a left tackle. I mean, but he was great. and He's going to be a Hall of Famer. But that was our guy. <laughs> Since the Browns returned in 99, Cleveland had struggled in the draft. But Joe Thomas was an absolute home run, especially compared to who ended up going number one. With the first pick in the 2007 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select quarterback Jamarcus Russell, LSU. Bottom line to me, and I've watched every one of his game tapes. I was at his pro day. I played against Elway and Marino in college. I never thought I'd see anything like it. I'm not telling you that this is going to be the best player ever. What I am telling you is he's got the physical skill set better than any quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Man, I know he was a Raider, but there are draft busts, and then there was Jamarcus Russell. Hey, Alexa, play 3-6 Mafia. Sipping on scissor. Sipping on scissor. Anyways, draft expert Dame Brugler was excited to see the Browns ignore their quarterback needs and try and right their wrongs with a smarter pick. Think about how bad those offensive lines were since they came back in 99. How bad, you know, they struggled to find tackles. Between 99 and 06, so what is that, eight years or so, it, between the 07, they didn't draft a single tackle in the first 200 picks. Like, I, they just ignored the position. Until Joe Thomas was drafted, some of it is just drafting malpractice where, you know, they just did not identify, okay, what does this team need? How are we going to build the foundation of what we're going to be? Some of these these players are flashy and they're, you, know, you think about what could be. And when it comes down to it, if you don't have that core, that nucleus to a team, it's just not going to work out. 
The Browns made the Thomas pick at number three and wouldn't pick again until the second round. But with Russell off the board and Quinn, the clear number two quarterback, Brady surely would be gone by our next pick at number 36, right? Look at number nine, I, I believe, the Dolphins. Okay, probably going to go there. With the ninth pick in the 2007 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Ted Ginn, wide receiver, Ohio State. Wow. You could read Brady Quinn's lips. That was surprising. You could even hear it from the fans here. The Jet fans love it. And then there were a few other teams. The Buffalo Bills select Marshawn Lynch. University of California. He thought maybe, maybe. What happened? Wait a minute. What happened? The Jet fans are just exploded because a trade did just, in fact, take place. With the 14th pick in the 2007 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Darrell Revis, cornerback, Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'd say that's mixed. And then the Browns make a move. Adam Schefter, what can you tell us? The Cleveland Browns are on the phone with the Dallas Cowboys right now. They're offering their first round pick next year and their third round pick this year to try to get up to get Dallas Cowboys first round draft choice to take Brady Quinn. Again, the Cleveland Browns are trying to make this happen. The more it goes on, the more it looks it, like Jerry they will. Jones. Brady Quinn is going to go because the Cleveland Browns have just traded for this pick and it appears Adam Schefter you nailed this one right on the head. The Browns are about to take Brady Quinn. Rich, it went down. The trade has been completed. Cleveland will send an 08 first-round pick to Dallas and a third-round pick this year. Dallas has manipulated the draft. Cleveland has come away with Joe Thomas and Brady Quinn. Hail Phil Savage in Cleveland. That was my team. You know, that were some of my fondest memories of going up to games with my grandfather while he was alive, you know, at the old municipal stadium and rooting on the brownies. My grandfather got me an old Bernie Kosar uniform. I had the helmet. I had the old jersey, pants, everything. I used to put that on, wear that all the time. Those are some of my fondest memories. It, it was like your childhood dream of one day growing up being able to play for the Browns. With the 22nd pick in the NFL, 2000 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Brady Quinn, quarterback, Notre Dame. If I had told you <laughs> that the Cleveland Browns would come away with both Joe Thomas and Brady Quinn in this draft, no one would have believed it. And yet, after waiting over four hours and ten minutes in the green room, Brady Quinn is about to come out on the stage and grab the jersey of his home state team and put on the hat <laughs> of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> A huge sigh of relief. Well, I don't know if Phil told you, but Phil told my agent the night before the draft that if both Joe and I were there at three, he wasn't going to take me. So that didn't come as a surprise to me. It may have for other people, but not for me. What was the, the surprise was Miami. And they were at nine, and that was the last team I had talked to. As, and either either went to go visit or came and visited me. That was it. And then surprising to say, okay, like what now? You know, because I don't know how this process works. Obviously, the picks were longer back then. I think they were like 15 or 20 minutes, whatever they were. That's right. Up until 2007, each team had 15 minutes in the first round to pick their player. That means in the time it'll take you to listen to this episode, it is possible that only one team would have made their decision. They changed that fucking rule in part 
So what happened to Brady would never happen again. I think Jay Glazer texted me that, hey, the Browns are still in the mix. They're, they're trying to maybe look at trading up to get you. I was talking to Baltimore the entire 22nd pick. So we were kind of getting acquainted with one another for about 10, 12 minutes. And I you know, kind of said to my family, hey, it's Baltimore. They're going to trade up with Kansas City at the 23rd pick. And so my family started to get excited. Everyone started to get excited and started to perk up a bit. So then I hang up the phone and there's like two minutes left in the 22nd pick. And I, as I'm kind of starting to get up and get my jacket on and, and all that, I, I get another call from a 216 area code. And so I pick it up and he told me they were trading up at 22 with Dallas to take me. I, I got like thrusted on the stage at that point. And so I'm like trying to grab my jacket quick and straighten my tie and throw a hat on all this. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm up on stage and you know, I'm shaking Roger Goodell's hand, holding up a Browns jersey and just trying to hold back emotion because the, I mean, what a whirlwind of emotions from thinking you're getting drafted to Baltimore and you're going to play Cleveland twice a year to now being drafted to Cleveland. And, you know, now you get to live out your childhood dream. Since the return, the draft always felt like our Super Bowl. We couldn't lose anything, just new players with endless potential. And this year in 2007, all the experts were telling us we were the clear-cut winners. But those good feelings didn't last very long. Like gravity in Cleveland football, what goes up must come down. This moment was no different. Brady is the most star-crossed, good player that I've run across in 30 years of the NFL. Brady had everything. He had the height. He had the weight, he had speed, he had athletic ability, he had the face, he had the mentality, he had worked very hard to become a good player. And, you know, his holdout really put him behind the eight ball because that really opened the door for DA to become the number two going into the season. The rookie wage scale wasn't put in place until 2011, which meant Brady, like so many other first round picks that year, missed preseason camp negotiating a contract. Fortunately for Quinn, he was still making money. First from the inflated rookie contracts of his time, then from a ton of sponsorship deals he signed as a hometown face of the Browns. I am now contractually obligated to play you one of his Subway commercials. A Subway Sunday tailgate special. Brady Quinn will deliver three footlongs for the price of two any Sunday. Wait a second. Sundays I'm kind of busy. Sorry. Scratch Brady Quinn. The NFL is finally back, and there's also finally no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find tickets. TickPick is your best choice to buy football tickets because they save you money by never charging any service fees. I mean, ever. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which let them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, 110% difference. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for Brownstown and Blue Wire Network. I gotta go find some Browns tickets against the Steelers on Monday night to watch the Browns kick their tail. Visit TickPick.com Brownstown today. And use the promo code Brownstown to save $10 on your first order of NFL tickets. This made some of the Browns players, well, hate him and want to punch his beautiful face, which Browns defensive lineman Sean Smith definitely didn't do. I can't talk about that because I, I was under direct orders not to say nothing. You know, that was the face of their franchise they thought at the time, too. You know what I mean? Since you won't admit it that you punched him, you did help him up after you knocked him out, I heard. Yeah, I did. 
he wasn't ready for the NFL like that. Coming from Notre Dame, it's different. You know what I mean? The personalities and guys in the locker room, you know, he's used to being the quarterback and feel like the quarterback is off limits. But no, everybody's fair game in the NFL. I don't care who you is and how much you make money because everybody's making money. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> the way he carried himself, all this, the, the uh, muscles and all the game and everything. I'm like, bro, you doing all this, but you can't read the damn defense out there. You throwing picks, playing like shit. Man, we throwing picks like a mug. We can't even run the ball. <laughs> Not the words that I would use, but in general, Sean Smith was right. Brady's late start in camp ensured he sent the bench his rookie season. Not exactly the storybook arrival you'd imagine after the draft. Instead, the Brady Quinn era would begin with another quarterback battle. One that didn't even include him. There was a quarterback controversy to start the season. Mentally, I think it impacts quarterbacks particularly uh, players, period, when there's a controversy about who's going to start. And so it just, it didn't work out. And the winner of the competition certainly made an impression. When I say, like, Charlie Fry, what do you think of uh, All I remember him is going through the drive through at the McDonald's and doing the McDonald's commercials for French fries, Charlie Fry's. Other than that, I don't remember him. But for once... There was a good season ahead. Lewis, will that be denied? Touchdown, Cleveland. That's next time on Brownstown. Brownstown is hosted and reported by me, Andre Knott. Produced and written by Harry Swartow and Peter Moses. Edited by Isabel Jocelyn. Music by Brian Decker. Production coordination by Devin Shepard. And production assistance by Miriam Khan, Michael Ehrlich, Shwetha Surendran and Zach Jackson. Brownstown is a Blue Wire podcast and executive produced by Peter Moses and John Yells. See you next time.